This is Brian Kaplovitz, and you're listening to the Speaker Match Radio Series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. This is a live show where we interview top experts in the speaking industry and business to provide emerging speakers with marketing strategies and other business building advice. If you're listening live, you can participate in this call online right now by going to speakermatch.com slash radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, Brian Kaplovitz. And our guest today is Sonny Melendrez. And Sonny is a Hall of Fame broadcaster, award-winning keynote speaker, and a voiceover coach. His voice has been heard on countless national commercials, including Sprint, McDonald's, Disney, Mattel, Kellogg's. And as an animation art, uh, voice artist, Sonny's voice has given life to characters in video games, movies, and TV series, including The Jetsons. Sonny is also included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the top 100 radio personalities of all time. This is to say that Sonny is extremely qualified to be presenting on today's topic, how to break into the lucrative voiceover industry. And we are honored to have Sonny as a member of Speaker Match and as a guest on today's program. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sonny. My pleasure. My pleasure, Brian. And before we get started, let me just say that uh, as a Speaker Match member for uh, almost a decade now, uh, I just want to congratulate you on the work that uh, that you've done and the service that you provide our industry. And uh, if you're a, a new member listening, I would encourage you to go to the library of uh, all of the teleseminars that uh, – that Paul has, excuse me, that uh, Brian and, and of course, his, Paul has worked with him too, uh, have done over the years, and it's it's amazing uh, the the wealth of information and content. It's just a just a like I say, it's a great service for our industry, and I congratulate you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we've been doing this teleseminar series pretty much since the beginning in about 2002, so 15 years of this series, and wow. this particular topic. Uh, how to break into the voiceover industry, I don't recall ever covering before. And it's something that I get asked about every once in a while, so I'm kind of surprised that I haven't. But in any case, I certainly don't remember talking about anything like that. So it's definitely time that we that we talk about it. And uh, like I was telling you before the call, I, I can see by the interest that we have in this uh, in this teleseminar that uh, this is a this is a popular topic for speakers and um, I I think that a lot of speakers have the idea that this is a really good way to make some extra money and uh, that it doesn't require a full time you know it, it's it's not a full time engagement but uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on on that and uh, maybe you can give us some some great tips I'm sure you'll be giving us some great tips and advice. Um, before we get into all of that, though, I'd love it if you can just give everybody a little bit about a little bit more about the, your background and uh, you know how much time it's taking you in this industry, how long you've been involved in the industry, and how long it has taken you to kind of amass all of this knowledge that you have about the voiceover industry. Well, let me let me just say that uh, because I started out in radio and I was on, on radio both in, here in San Antonio and, and in Los Angeles. Uh, when I, I got to LA, I, that's when I uh, started doing voiceovers, and um, as as a result, when you're in the hub 
of uh, one of the major cities for for entertainment, for commercials, television, etc. Los Angeles, New York, Chicago. Uh, you have much more of a uh, of an opportunity to uh, to be in the in the running for for various uh, um, programs, etc. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, that led me into from commercials into cartoons, movies, uh, etc. Uh, I will tell you that the the uh, industry has changed tremendously with the advent of the internet. Back before the internet, uh, if you uh, were in one of these cities, or perhaps even with an agent in a in another city, uh, you would get a call, and the agent would say. Uh, there's a producer that wants you to read for such and such. Uh, and a producer would actually call agencies and say, we're looking for someone with a warm and friendly voice, someone in their uh, mid-20s or, or whatever the age group was. Then if you fit that description, your agent would call you. You'd go to your agent's office. Keep in mind, it's before the Internet, so you couldn't email anything. So you, you'd actually go there. You'd see maybe four or five other people who were also part of his stable, and uh, you would literally – audition one at a time, and you'd read that that uh, that commercial. Then you'd go home, and either you'd get a call from your agent or you wouldn't. If you got a call and they said, well, they like you, here's where you have to be and what time and what date, you'd then go to the session, you'd record the commercial, and maybe three, four months later, you'd get paid for it. That's the old way. Now, in 2017, we have... Uh, what they call pay-to-play sites. And these sites are um, are sites where you go online, you upload your demo or demos, you also fill out a profile, and you fill in all these different keywords. And the keywords have to do with your approach, with your age, uh, and all the different things that you do, narration, cartoons, uh, whatever it is that, that you are qualified to do, you put that in there. Now what happens is, and this could happen 24-7, let's say there's a producer in Australia, goes on the site and fills in the information of what they're looking for. Instantly, the system from these different sites then sends out an email to you along with a portion of what they want you to record. You receive that, and immediately you go to your home studio and you record the, uh, uh, the clip and then you email it back, it goes directly to the uh, producer. The producer will get sometimes hundreds of auditions and usually will not go past 20 or 30, pick one they like, email the full copy, then you record the whole thing, send it to them. If there's a revision, they'll let you know you have to re-record something. But if not, then you're good to go. And then they will just literally pay you via PayPal. And it's not unheard of that a voice artist will do all of this in one day. So imagine, <laughs> imagine being able to to audition for something, getting the job, doing the job, and then getting paid in, in, in the same day. Usually it takes three or four days uh, for, for something like that to happen because of the fact that, that they're going through several people and they'll maybe send back a call back, as they call it, to uh, to a few people, so that's that's the uh, that's the drill uh, nowadays. And, and I will tell you that there's much more. You, know, you mentioned having a, a part-time job. 
Uh, well, imagine if you were doing something else and speaking was your part-time job. You know, you can imagine how successful would you be if you looked at speaking as your part-time job versus a full-time job. It's not to say that the two can't coexist. And I think that mm-hmm. as a speaker, you have a lot of advantages um, to uh, to break into voiceovers. Wow. So it's, <laughs> it's changed a lot, it sounds like. And it, the, the, the first part of that process sounds a lot like the speaker match system for speaking leads. It's just that these, exactly. uh, these are voiceover leads. So It does. That is, and I'll tell you also wow. that, uh, you know, the, the first uh, mistake that the people make uh, is is jumping into it. They they feel like they they're they're professional speakers. They have a good voice. People have told them you should be doing commercials, etc. And then they jump into it and they jump into it too soon. And that's the last thing you want to do because uh, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. You know you're dealing with various uh, production houses, um, production people, um, uh, people that are you know producers, etc. And if they see your name, they hear your voice, and it's not up to par, uh, they're going to remember that, maybe subconsciously, but they will remember. And, and now you've got to come back and say, they see your name. And, oh, yeah, well, I, uh, I know that's not, that's not what we're looking for. So you want to make sure that you are ready before you push the button to put yourself out there. And the way to do that is to get into a voice acting class, uh, have a voice coach, uh, and in some cases even go to a, a just an acting class or an improv group because now you're, you're learning the ability to read someone else's words, hence the, the, the word voice actor. That's what you have to be. You know, it's one thing for you to just read your own words, and when you're doing a speech, that's what you're doing. And you, that, that, you know, it, it just comes out. It flows. It's you. But when you go mm-hmm. to an, an audition or that you receive, and you've got to do it literally in minutes, and you've got to interpret that and be competitive, that's a whole other art, and it's something you can only learn by, by having this uh, kind of schooling through a voice coach or a class. So you said that there are, are a lot of different – uh, parties that you might work with as a voice actor. What, what are some of those the kinds of jobs that are out there for people that are looking for this kind of work? Well, every just think of everything you consume. Think of uh, video games. Uh, think of cartoons your your kids watch. Think of uh, narrations. Think of you know. Here's another advantage, and, and this is something that uh, I think that uh, will will help you in, uh, in starting look starting to look for once you get everything, all your your ducks in a row. Uh, you have other opportunities that you might be able to be privy to before someone else is. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you're uh, are speaking at a conference, and you you know that. Uh, let's say you're speaking on Friday, and on Saturday night they're having an awards banquet. Normally, you'd speak, you'd leave, go back to uh, to where you know, to your home, and uh, but you find out about this awards banquet, and you ask them, you know, what's the format? And they say, well, we have an MC, it's going to be our our CEO, and then we have these videos that we play for each of the awardees. Well, you've been to those award um, galas where you watch these videos. And there's a narrator talking about the awardee. 
Well, you can offer yourself as that narrator. And because you have your home studio, it's easy for them to send you the copy for each individual awardee. You would record them, send it to them. They then put it together with the the production company that's doing the videos, etc. And now you've got an extra stream of income. And those are the kind of things that you can look for as far as coming from your, your speaking perch. Uh, the kind of people that you'll be working for literally can be anybody from the actual client who owns a business to a, uh, a production company that produces radio commercials or television commercials and, and does that for a client. And the other thing that you can do, and this is the phenomenon of the uh, of the uh, the internet and the ability that we have, I'll just give you an example. Back when um, uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld had this uh, this show, it was actually a kind of a cartoon that he did with Steven Spielberg called the B Movie. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a a, a uh, video game that Activision was putting together, and, and and Jerry was out of the country, so they needed to get this commercial out, and they contacted me to do his voice which I did. But when I did it, because I had to do all these different uh, phrases that go into the video game. And so when I did it, I was actually in a studio with, in my headphones, I had the director in Los Angeles in one ear. I had the producer from uh, Chicago in another year, year, and and then also (laughs) had uh, the writer who was on vacation in Montana and he was also on the on the, uh, the conference. So they're directing me while I'm now doing studio quality work, and they're hearing it in their studios and their on their speakers as it would sound uh, in the uh, in the final product. Pretty amazing, huh? That is amazing. I I love hearing how that all worked. That's uh, it, it's it seems so uh, so much better the way that you're. Uh, you're you're dealing with the things now with everything online than it used to be, and I just keep thinking about how different it is right now. And I, you had me thinking about all the different ways that uh, voiceovers can you know factor into my life right now. I, I really do come across things that use voiceovers all the time. For, yeah. uh, for people that are listening and that have uh, maybe joined us a little late, I just want to make sure that you know you are in the right place. Our guest is Sunny Melendrez. This is a speaker match teleseminar, and uh, we're talking about how to break into the voiceover industry. And if you have any questions, if you are listening right now and you would like to participate live, have any questions or comments for Sunny, uh, we encourage your interaction. You can dial star 2 on your telephone keypad to raise your virtual hand or uh, use the uh, button through the web call interface. You can also go to speakermatch.com slash radio, and there is a form at the bottom of the page there where you can type in a question that I can read uh, live on on the call right now. Uh, So, Sonny, um, do you think that being a speaker helps your success as a voice actor? It it helps your success as as being uh, more uh, open to the – uh, the ability to perform. And when I say perform, I mean performing not unlike a, a stage. If you were performing as a stage actor and you auditioned for a play and you're now doing this character, 
Because basically that's what you're doing. You're doing a character. Now, the character may be you, and it may be that your style fits perfectly with the audition that you're doing. And obviously, based on the description that you supply in your uh, profile, uh, that's how they're going to know, especially if they are now listening to your demo. And, and I mentioned something about not being ready. Uh, the first step as a speaker that you would want to do is to make sure that you're ready to produce a demo. And keep in mind that your demo does not have to be commercials that you've done. Obviously, you haven't done any. Maybe you have. But what you want is you want to put your best tongue forward, as, as it were. <laughs> and and I, always, uh, I always suggest, if you really want to be proactive, uh, listen to radio and TV commercials. And if you hear someone delivering a particular uh, on a, a particular commercial, and you say, "I could do that," go to your go, get the uh, get the script, and you can do that uh, by uh, going to YouTube and just writing down what they're saying. Because a lot of times they're just doing one line at a time, very slowly. And if you can record that, put some music to it, now you've got something that's possibly good for your demo. And of course, there are there are people who, like myself, who coach. Uh, speakers um, or speak to who coach voice actors to to doing a, a demo that's competitive, and that's what's more important than anything else. Keep in mind, once you have that demo, and you're going to possibly have two or three demos, at least, because you're going to have one that's going to be the maybe the warm and friendly. You're going to have one for cartoons. You're going to have one for narration. You're going to have one for audiobooks. That's another big uh, industry, and so when they go to listen. To your demo, it has to be competitive. And if you go to these sites, and by the way, I've, I've got them all on a special resource page that we'll mention, uh, you can actually see and hear what other people are doing. And one of the sites actually has the top ten uh, voiceover people, and, uh, and based on how much they were, how much they were hired, how many times they were hired in a particular week, so you can see what the best in the world sounds like. And again, that's where you want to get to. Not unlike what you did when you decided to be a speaker and you watched the best in the world, and hopefully you aspire to do that. So in the speaking world, you bring up an interesting point. In the speaking world, if you're putting together a demo video, it is considered by many to be uh, – I'd say maybe less than honest if you put together a demo that makes it appear as if you were speaking in front of an audience uh, where it wasn't really an event, where it was just staged for the video. Um, but uh, it sounds like you're suggesting that you can create a audio demo, uh, voiceover demo, where you're just recording things that, uh, you know, in, in a way that makes you sound good. Whether or not you actually did the commercial, you can make it kind of appear that you were doing a commercial. Is that okay? Yeah, it's absolutely okay because, really, the producer doesn't care about that. What they care about is what do you sound like, and you either have the goods or you don't. And, and if you're at, at the caliber of, of professionalism, what they're looking for, and like I say, you're competing with the best in the world, then, then that's all that counts. You know, it's 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 not a matter of uh, you know what have you done, and that that does come into play, and that they will certainly you know take that into account. But more than that, they want to hear what you can deliver. And, and by the way, when you record your demo, 
you want to be able to uh, deliver that professionalism or that quality of work to a producer should they hire you. So if you go to a you know professional studio and you do your demo there, and then you're in your home studio and you've got a different kind of a of a uh, quality, uh, they're going to want to hear what they heard on, on the uh, on the demo. But not to say that you can't get that kind of quality or close to it with a home studio. There are so many uh, layers of equipment, microphones, uh, software, etc., and it's not really difficult to learn to use. You're probably using it already, maybe, uh, and you're able to deliver that kind of quality to uh, to a prospective client. We have a question here from Sarah. She says that you mentioned earlier that uh, you get a request and you go to your home studio and make a recording. Can you talk a little more about home studio and what that means? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, home studios are um, are best um, uh, created in a very quiet room of your house, uh, and a lot of people will convert a closet into a uh, recording booth. Keep in mind, you don't need a lot of space, and you can easily do that by uh, putting uh, different kinds of foam that they have that you can buy uh, on the walls of the closet. You have a uh, a um, a microphone stand. You have a uh, the uh, shock absorber for the uh, for the microphone, and then you have a good microphone. And a good microphone will be anywhere from three hundred dollars to three thousand uh, dollars. It depends on on your um, you know on your budget, but it's not to say that you can't get started with a three hundred dollar microphone, and that will give you that kind of a sound that you're looking for. And then on top of that, you have software, you have a, a mixer that goes between, if, if, depending on the kind of uh, microphone that you have, that goes between your um, your microphone and the and the computer. Uh, you can actually also get one that goes directly to the computer. And a lot of people like to have a laptop inside that booth, that closet area, and they're able to just kind of see what they're recording, and they can go back hit stop, et cetera, and record. So those are the kind of the basics that you would need to have in order to uh, to give yourself the ability to deliver those kind of auditions and final product. So um, something like a, a, a PC headset with a PC is not good enough quality for the audio? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's uh, that's like a telephone for uh, for voiceovers. Uh, no, you you can't use that. You have to have a microphone, a professional microphone. And if you go to places like Sam Ash or a Guitar Center, etc., you'll see the kind of microphones they have. And you know the, these people are experts. And you can also go online. And in fact, we've got a link on uh, on the resource page that has all the various kinds of microphones and um, and what they're used for in uh, in you know in voiceovers. But main thing is you want to have you know, the best kind of quality that you can have, like I say, based on your budget. Later on, you may want to get a, a better microphone, et cetera. But that allows you to give that, uh, to deliver that uh, that quality product. Okay, and the microphone still plugs into the PC and the recording is digitized there. It does. There. there are two kinds of microphones. So ones, there are some that are, that are USB, they go right to the PC, and then there are some that you go through a mixer. 
and it gets power. It's, it's, a, it's like a phantom power. In other words, you have to have separate power to power the microphone, depending on what kind it is. And like I say, those things are all explained uh, in our resource page, and then you'll get that kind of information as well if you go to, uh, to buy one locally. Great. And uh, for anybody that is listening right now, uh, the the uh, links that Sonny is talking about are available on the website, speakermatch.com slash radio. There is a replay page for this teleseminar, and the link will be there under the show notes. I think there's also a button there that says more information. You can click that, and that will take you directly to Sonny's information. So, Sonny, how much can you expect to make as a voice actor? That's always a big question. That, that's probably the, the second biggest question people ask. Uh, and it's not a question of what you can expect to make. It's a question of how much you set out to uh, – how much success you, you set out to, to have. And, and uh, the, the money comes later. If you're only doing it for the money – then, then this is the wrong business. Same thing with speaking. You know, you, you know that you're, you're passionate about speaking. Uh, you're not just doing it for the money, although that's the great, wonderful uh, result of your efforts into speaking. But it's the same thing with, with, with commercials. Now, I mentioned these pay-to-play sites and, and how they work. Um, most often... Uh, in fact, quite, almost 100% of the time, uh, the producer will say what the budget is. They'll say $200 or $500 uh, or, in some cases, you know, upwards of that. But what they're doing is they're saying this is what we will pay for the right talent as a buyout. In other words, it's a one-time payment. That's it. There's no residuals. Um, they can use it for as long as they want, and it just just goes on from there. And, and that's the advantage and the disadvantage of, be, of becoming a member of the union. And let me explain how that works. A lot of people, their their goal is to uh, become a union member. And when I say union, I mean Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA. These are two unions that have, in 2012, they merged, and now they're it's called One Union. And so if you belong to that union, now that's the advantages the, that's you the have. the Screen Actors Guild? Yes, yeah, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, which is the uh, American Federation of Radio and Television Artists. And they are both now one union. So oh, one union, belong, two different groups. Got it. Yes. If you belong to that union, you are, are now um, – the, the advantages you have is the fact that um, the, um, they're looking out with the residual pay – so that if a um, producer wants to use your voice for, say, another 13 weeks, and that's usually how it works, you'll get paid. You'll get a residual for that. Uh, they also are looking to make sure that you have fair working conditions. They have a retirement plan. Uh, they're looking after your legal rights. And here's the big one. The rates are negotiated for you, plus you have health benefits. In other words, you can get health care through that union once you are a, a vested member. And down the line, you can even get a pension if you've been a member for X amount of years uh, and you're a certain age. So there's all these advantages. But what you don't want to do is try to do that right off the bat because now you're only auditioning because you can't audition for non-union work 
if you belong to the union. So what I suggest and often recommend is that you get plenty of non-union work under your belt, which gives you the growth of your craft, but at the same time gives you that, that experience, and you're much better ready to go into the, the world of, uh, of union work. Because the advantages of having been doing non-union work is that you can work for anybody, sky's the limit, and, and it doesn't matter as long as you're working, willing to work for what they're paying. But keep in mind that it's a one-time payment. But again, it's a great way to get into the industry and, and start doing that. There are some people that are making, you know, three, four thousand dollars a month doing it on non-union, and then there are some people who are making much more than that. Uh, doing union work, keep in mind, when you do union work and that commercial runs for years, like I've got uh, things that are done in movies and they're now on DVD, etc., and I get residuals. These are things that I have done did 20 years ago. Uh, so that's the advantage of, of the union, uh, along with the other things that I mentioned. It looks like we have a few people that are asking questions about that. It, uh, maybe uh, can you just talk a little bit more about what you cannot do if you are in the union? Uh, basically, you can't do non-union work. But here is what a lot of union members do when they get an audition for someone who is not in the union. If they like your voice, you audition for it, and they like it, and you let them know that you're in the union, they can now become a member of the union. In other words, they can become a, a, um, a signatory, which means they, they're now... Um, recognized by the union as a union uh, paying entity. And, uh, and so all of the conditions that the union has applies. And, and it's not much more than they probably would pay to, uh, to, uh, to pay you for non-union, for just a one-time fee. But the main thing is they, you're now covered. And if you're, a member of, if you're not a member of the union and you want to become a member, you can work non-union as a non-union member for a union job one time. The second time, you then have to, to join the union. And I've got all that information on the resource page, and you'll see uh, not only the, the answers to all those questions, but also the link to, um, to Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, uh, the one union that gives you the idea of how it is you, uh, you would go about doing that. Okay. And... Um couple people are asking, you may not know the answer to this, but do you know what the annual dues are for a member, membership in the union? Um, the last I read, it was uh, $3,000. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but keep in mind, if you get a union job, uh, there's a chance that you're probably going to make $3,000 from that job uh, with residuals, et cetera. And the initial initial payment for uh, uh, you know for a lot of these jobs may be a thousand dollars because you're paying you're getting paid twice you're getting paid for the the session and it's usually a one hour session and there is a rate for that the union has all these rates and there's a rate for the one hour session then from there on they're paying for the use of your voice and and that's every thirteen weeks so they want to continue it and there's also even a uh, they can put a hold on it to use it later on, and you're still getting paid a certain amount. So this, it's, that's where the lucrative part comes in, is being able to have 
these these multiple streams of income from all of these commercials that you've done. And keep in mind, we're not just talking about radio and television commercials. We're talking about movies. We're talking about narration. We're talking about video games, etc. And those go out in different forms, whether it's DVD, whether it's Blu-ray, uh, whether it's going to cable. And every time that happens, you get paid a residual. And you'll get these checks that, that come in that, from work that you'd forgotten that you did. And that's the, uh, that's the lucrative part of this business. But again, it all comes from the hard work you put into it rather than just something you just decided to do on the weekends. Right. And you often, like you said, can do the work from, from home, from your, uh, from your home oh, studio. Yeah. Is that right? I have a friend, Brian. His name is um, – Oh, I can't think of his name right now. But uh, Mike, not Mike Saccharides, but he well, he was the voice of the um, of Fox uh, the, the Fox Network, and he went on vacation. And whenever he goes on vacation, he actually has his microphone set up, um, mailed to the hotel. It's sent ahead of him. So when he gets to the hotel and he gets maybe a a, a call from a client, he's able to record right there in the hotel. But one time, he was actually driving up state New York in a rent car. He gets a call from his agent and says, we have to record this one line, uh, and they have to have it today. He pulls his car over, has his laptop, goes on the Internet, puts towels on each side of the windows to make the car uh, really to deaden the sound, and recorded it on a microphone in the back seat of his car. That's the wow. incredible ability we have with our uh, technology today, and, and you're able to do all kinds of things like that. That is amazing. Shelley wants to know if audio book recordings are something that would be considered to be voiceover work. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, we've got a link to ACX. ACX is the... Um, is the uh, audible.com and allows you to and I would rec I would encourage you if you have a book and it's not in audio form I would encourage you to make that one of your first projects once you get your setup to record at home recording your own book uh, has all kinds of of uh, great advantages one is you now have another product that you can uh, that you can offer your uh, uh, your audiences when you speak and the other one is that uh, people can buy it online, and uh, and you're getting paid residuals through ACX. But you're also able to upload your narration demo to ACX, and now you're being offered to people who want their books uh, read. A lot of uh, authors, you know, they're they're not the, the best narrators, and they understand that, and so they want a professional to narrate their book. And when you do that, you negotiate a price for that. And, uh, yes, it's ex extremely uh, uh, another uh, very lucrative, but it also is something that's just going to grow and grow and grow. You know, more people, because of time, don't have the time to actually read a book, and they'll listen to it in their car or on their headphones, et cetera. And uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be that voice. Nancy has a couple of questions. Uh, Nancy, you uh, – if if you can dial star two or uh, click the uh, raise your hand button, I'd love to have you come in live to the call so you can ask directly. Otherwise, I'll 
try and read your questions, but it may be easier if you uh, participate live for that. Uh, just push the raise your hand button if you are willing to do that. We'd like to hear your voice and uh, maybe get a sample of what you're going to sound like and get some tips from Sonny while you have an opportunity. That's one of the great things about having a live teleseminar. Okay, Nancy doesn't seem willing to do that, so <laughs> I'll give her a minute to, to do that. But I highly encourage everybody to join in and uh, and get some tips from Sunny Live. Um, Frank says that he has a damaged voice box from a tracheotomy, and mm. so he has a unique voice, and uh, he's undergone years of voice lessons. His voice has improved over time. Um, mm -hmm. But he he would like uh, some advice on using his voice, and uh, would like to know how to get in touch with you for maybe some uh, some more personal a more personal consultation about how he can use his voice and uh, maybe get an evaluation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, off the top of my head, I will say this: uh, a lot of times you think that you are at a disadvantage because of of a situation with your voice or, or whatever and, and a lot of times you can use it to your advantage and uh, it's just a question of connecting you with the the right project and and who knows what people are looking for as far as the kind of voice that they want and you could even um google um describe your voice on Google and see if there's somebody that has recorded something that might sound like you and that kind of will open the door and open your mind to the possibilities of uh, of some kind of work i've got uh, i've got one student she's in her 50s and she sounds like uh she's 12 she told me that when when uh, when I first talked to her, and I, I could hear it on the phone. And and I told her, she, she says, people say I could, should do commercials, but I I think I just sound like a like a kid. Nobody wants to hire a 50 year old kid. I said, are you kidding? This your voice is gold. And I explained to her that many of the cartoon characters throughout the years, uh, cartoons that we grew up with, uh, you heard a little boy, and it was actually a woman doing that voice. And so when you have an adult doing the voice of a child, they're so much more able to be directed, uh, to be able to, to nail the, uh, the reading, et cetera, as opposed to working with a child that may not have that much experience. And so that's what we're working on is to, to give her those kinds of, of, um, of, of parts in her demo so that she now has something to offer uh, possibly a video game company, uh, narration, and all kinds of parts that allow her to use her unique voice that no one else can do. So it looks like Nancy still did not raise her hand, but I'll go ahead and get to your question. So, um, can you do her impr impression know. of her voice? <laughs> that uh, I don't know what she sounds like, so okay. we'll, we'll assume she sounds just like me. Um, can, can can you get by by initially creating a studio? She put that in quotes by using a big plastic tote, insulating foam, and a cover for your head with your mic inside. So she just wants to make something that 
you know, uh, no, sound, no. I guess. <laughs> no, the, the answer is no. And, and I'll tell you why. What's more important than, than anything else is when you build a studio, when it can be just a corner of a room or, like I say, a, a closet, is that you want to to have the, the walls or what surrounds the microphone to absorb the sound. And a lot of people uh, think that if they, have, if they deflect the sound, then that, that's good enough. But that's not, because then you're just making it bounce around, which you want it to absorb the sound. So, um, and they, like I say, they make these, uh, in fact, we've got a link to, to one of them. They make these, these um, voiceover kits, uh, which like a, a mini studio, that you can have literally in a corner of your, of your quiet room and, and use it that way. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to skin a cat, and again, it's it all depends on the final product. If you're able to get that sound that compares with the kind of sound you hear on the demos you hear on these sites from the people who are at the top of their game, and these are the best in the world, then you're you're in the running. Second part of her question is that it seems like uh, you're saying that you need to be on your computer constantly ready to catch and respond to queries and potential jobs immediately as they come in. Uh, what is the competition like? Well, yes and no. Here's what uh, there's, there's two parts of that. One is that uh, if you go, let's say you set aside uh, from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m., uh, 10 a.m. to the noon in the morning. Or you set aside uh, 10 a.m. to midnight at night, whatever time, and and you you're constantly on on your computer at that time, and you get these emails, and now you're you're able to to jump in there and be in the running for something that comes along the way. It's kind of like Twitter for uh, for voiceovers, but the other part of it is because of your demo, because of your profile, and because of your keywords that describe what it is you're able to do, you may get a producer who says, we heard your demo, we want you to read for this part. And it may be only you that they sent out the part to. And if they like what they hear, then you get the job. Or they may see three or four people who fit that description that they like and they want to get uh, each of them to read. And then in that case, you'd also be, be able to read for that. But the main thing is you wouldn't have to be on your computer when that email came in, or you wouldn't have to be at your microphone uh, for that. You know, there are some people who are literally there all day long, and they're they're looking to, um, you know, to get to catch those fish, as it were, as they as they come in. Uh, but you don't have to do that. There's a way that that uh, they can actually come to you. And like I say, this is 24/7, and there are people on the other side of the world. I did a, a job for a, a company in Russia uh, that. Um, that I, I had to I had to get at a certain time, uh, either late at night or really early in the morning, to uh, communicate with them. But uh, but that's the kind of a, you know of jobs that, that come in through these sites. I always like to to uh, hear from experts like you what kind of uh, what kinds of things you've seen as far as mistakes go that people make, especially when they're starting out. Well, the number one mistake, as I mentioned before, is um, literally getting into it before you're ready, auditioning before you're ready, because you're you're not going to have the polish that you would have if you had already some uh, uh, some experience and, and lessons, et cetera. And let me also say this, and I, I also tell this to uh, to speakers that I coach. Uh, 
your subconscious doesn't know whether you're standing in front of an audience or whether you're in a studio uh, or not. All they know is that you did it. And uh, there's nothing like giving yourself your own experience, with or without an audience, with or without even a microphone. Uh, but if you can record yourself and, and listen to it, that's great. But every time you hear a commercial, start reading those lines, even just one line. If you're in your car and you hear a, you know, a Spectrum commercial or whatever, and there's a one line that the that the um, the, the narrator says, just just do it. And if you hear that voice and you're delivering that line over and over and over again, you're giving yourself experience. But a lot of times, like I say, people will get into the uh, into the arena before they're ready. Another thing that people make a mistake is, is not having the right equipment, as I mentioned before. You can't, like you said, you want to just know if you could use a, uh, a headphone from uh, your headphones uh, microphone. You can't. And by the way, headphones are really up to uh, up to you. Uh, you can spend a lot of money on headphones, and it's not necessary. In fact, a lot of people will even use uh, the iPhone headphones. Uh, and so that that doesn't the earbuds. The, you don't really have to have uh, something that uh, that costs a lot of money. You can actually uh, kind of use your own preference on that. And then the third mistake that people make is trying to uh, record demos or audition for uh, jobs that are out of their niche. Let's say you're a you sound like a um, uh, 25 to 34 year old young lady. And and that's kind of your, your niche. And all of a sudden something comes up and it's for a teenager. And you really don't do a teenager, but you think you can do an impression of one. Well, you're again, you're, you're wasting their time and yours uh, because that's not what you do. And I'm a big proponent of using your strengths, whatever it may be. And you may think of it as a detriment, but it's not. Everyone has a strength because every kind of voice that exists there's someone out there who wants to have that voice, who's looking for that voice, and thinks that it is perfect. And by the way, the uniqueness of your voice is what gives you your signature. And that's one thing that you'll learn as you, uh, as you take lessons, but also as you develop. And you don't want to sound like someone else just because you like the way they sound. You want to sound like yourself, and that becomes your signature. And when you can apply your signature voice to a great acting job, Boy, these are words that you did not write, and you've got to deliver them as if they are your words. Then, uh, then you're 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 good to go, and you're you'll be competitive. Michael says that he has been speaking for almost 20 years, and he has heard himself. Uh, he's heard recordings of himself many times. He thinks that he does a great job with his voice, um, but he is questioning whether or not he needs training you what would you say to somebody like that oh absolutely it, it doesn't matter how long you've been a speaker being a voiceover artist has to do with the uh, the uh, uh the ability you have and yes a lot of people have a, just a natural ability to do that and they'll get there a lot faster but what you what you're also getting when you have a, a let's say a voice coach and having the training is you're getting a second opinion you're getting someone who's telling you this is what's good. This is what's not good. Not unlike a coach and a uh, and a sporting team. You know, imagine if uh, all these teams didn't have a coach, and they just had to rely on their own judgment. 
you know, they probably wouldn't be what they are today. And that's what you get when you're, when you're having someone who's giving you that training, especially when they're telling you exactly what it is you need to know to get out there and be competitive. Remember, there's two parts to the voiceover experience. The first part is getting the part, is being hired. Then the second one is doing the job. And you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You want to make sure that you're pleasing the client. So you want to make sure that you read the description, what it is they want, uh, how it is they want it delivered, they want it nice and slow or whatever. Make sure you do that. And and don't try to change the copy because this is not like a movie where you can say you know a couple of words differently or whatever. This is literally the copy is the copy. And the way you see what the 30 seconds is or a minute or whatever it is in narration, exactly the way you want to deliver it. So you want to please that client. Nancy posted a message that uh, she'd like to ask a question. Uh, Nancy, if you'd like to do that, just dial star two. That will raise your virtual hand, and then I can open up your mic. Star two. If it's working now, she was having trouble before. One more chance, star two. <laughs> going okay, once, we'll try going and come twice. back to it. It's, uh, it seems like it's not working for her for some reason. Um, so... Uh, you, you've spoken a couple times about a, uh, about having an agent in addition to a uh, trainer. Um, can you talk a little bit about how to go up, uh, go about signing up with an agency and uh, you know, how how that works, how that relationship works? Sure, sure. You can you can uh, have an agent uh, in your in your city where you live, or you can have an agent in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, most agents, a good amount, unless they're starting out just trying to make a name for themselves, but most agents will not take you on unless you are a member of the union. And, and the reason for that is uh, it's financial. They can make a lot more money with someone who's a union player uh, because they're going to start getting residuals. Keep in mind that uh, as you get paid residuals, your agent gets paid, and it's usually like 10%. Um, so they're looking for someone who's going to be able to be competitive in the, in the uh, union work field, uh, and uh, that makes it more lucrative for them. But not to say that you can't get an agent without being in the union. There are several uh, agents, and again, if you look locally, even if you just look on the yellow pages, uh, or the super pages now, uh, and, uh, and type in, uh, you know, voice acting agent or voiceover agent or talent agent, and you'll find, um, and you can actually go in and talk to them about what it is they do and can do for you. And you can have more than one agent. It doesn't matter. You can have an agent, just like in, in speaking. We have speakers bureaus, and, and a lot of us are in uh, multiple speakers bureaus throughout the country. So that, uh, that also is a, uh, a possibility. Nancy, is that, are you on the line with us right now? Say hello. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> Nancy, finally. <laughs> hey, guys. How are I you? I didn't know I was such a star of this. No, I'm just j joking. Yes. <laughs> I really she likes to make a grand entrance. <laughs> I, I wanted to be right. sure that we get you taken care of. So what's Good. your question? Well, actually, Brian did, uh, you know, he did um, – mention what I was talking about. I really appreciate this, though, because I think there's an excellent opportunity, my understanding, but 
I also know from talking to some of the voiceover people that it is a pretty competitive market. What would you say to that? Oh, yeah, it's extremely competitive because keep in mind, you know, you've got a uh, – no matter how small the uh, the job may be, and like I say, it can be from any part of the world, and, and they have the opportunity to get the best there is. So it's not like, you know, you're only competing with people who are at your level. You're competing with people who are up there, and they're the ones who are – likely to get the job unless you get there and the way you get there is through your training through your experience and through what it is you do to to uh, to build your craft so that you're growing at the same time that you are now kind of laying the, out the the groundwork for your your strategy and let me mention also something Nancy and that is this there's another component to all this and that is marketing and a lot yeah. of people think that if you just go on one of these sites, then that's it. But you have to do your own marketing. And I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give you a little tip on what you can do. You can go um, – and by the way, where do you live, Nancy? Oh, I'm in Kalamazoo. <laughs> Kalamazoo. And where is the nearest uh, big city from, from where you are? Uh, Chicago is about okay. two and a Chicago. half hours. Okay, Chicago. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's say that – how far are you from Chicago? Uh, two and a half, three hours. Okay. Well, let's just say that you've, you, you know, you're 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 uh, marketing yourself as a a Chicago voiceover talent, but you're okay. doing it in Kalamazoo, and, and let's say that you um, you hear a commercial for uh, for somebody uh, on television, and and it just sounds terrible, and you think I, I could do such a much better job than that, and so you record the commercial. And then re record the your own version of it, and and email it to the owner of the company, and say the next time you you have a commercial, uh, I hope you consider me. I, I'm a, a professional voiceover talent from uh, Chicago, and uh, and would love to have you with, uh, consider my work. Well, again, you're being proactive. You're, you're marketing yourself, and you're not waiting for the phone to ring or the door to knock. Yeah, that's creative. That's really helpful. That's the kind of stuff we appreciate because you've uh, done it. You've been around the block, and I'm sure you have gained so many tips and experience, you know, from all the experience that you've done. That's really appreciated. Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're right. And as a speaker also, keep in mind that there are a lot of times when uh, there are poss possibilities for you to use your, your voice in other ways uh, with the, the client that's hired you to speak. Mm -hmm. Hey, so, Sonny, would you say that you can improve your own credibility, your own, your own suitability for the job by that niche targeting and focusing on what you do the best? Exactly. Exactly, because your voice is unique, and I can already tell you, if, 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 you, if I, you gave me a call, you know, three hours from now and, and just said hello, I'd probably recognize who, who it was, uh, and that's what you want to use. This is your signature, Nancy, and nobody else in the world sounds, it's almost like a, like a fingerprint. Nobody else yeah. in the world sounds quite like you, um, and so what you want to do is to grow that voice to now be able to deliver someone else's thoughts and that's where the copy comes in where you're reading the copy and, and what you might also want to do is get um, copy for commercials that you have not heard keep in mind 
there's two things that happen when you receive that email that has that that uh, that clip of what you've got to read. Uh, there may be a direction in it, but it's not vocal. So you're not talking to somebody. You're just reading what they want, and you're kind of trying to interpret it. And the other thing is that um, you're not getting that kind of encouragement every time you audition. And I will tell you that you have to audition a lot, usually, before you get your first job. But don't despair because you're getting better. You're giving yourself experience. And I would uh, encourage you to save all of your auditions because some of them, parts of them, could end up being in your demo. Uh, And when you do your demo, and you can actually take a commercial that's really popular right now and say, I can do that, and do it and get music that sounds like the music behind them and create that, and now you've got that demo. And I will also tell you this. It used to be the demos were two and a half to three minutes long. Now they're 30 seconds, <laughs> if you can imagine that. And that that's because a producer, someone who's going to – a potential client will listen to like the first few seconds and decide whether or not – they're interested in you. And so you have to grab them right off the bat. And that's why you're doing like maybe three or four seconds of a, of a commercial and then another three or four seconds and then another one and, and giving yourself all those kinds of, uh, you know, of, um, of entrees as to what your, your voice range is and what you can do. So just like well, your, speaking, your speaking videos, right? You have Exactly. Your exactly. But with the speaking videos, you know, you've you got out there and, and you're speaking, and it's your words. With yeah. this kind of a demo, they're not your words. So it's a little different. And, again, this is where acting comes in. When you're an actor, you learn how to uh, act out someone else's words. And you'll notice that a lot of the uh, the voiceovers that you hear are recognizable. And you say, well, I, that sounds like George Clooney. Well, it probably is. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these actors have really, just, you know, realized that one commercial can be as lucrative as uh, as a movie, because it goes on <laughs> and on, and uh, it takes a lot of, a lot less work. And how about Alec Baldwin now? He's he's reinventing himself. Yeah. Oh, same thing. There are yeah, a lot thing. of a lot of people. Nancy, I need to cut you off right now, but thank you, thank, thank you for so that. Much, we are guys. our pleasure. Thank you, Nancy. Bye bye. We are we are just about out of time, um, but Nancy and everybody else, I would encourage you all to continue the conversation with Sonny and Sonny. Uh, how do people get in touch with you one more time if they would like to continue this conversation? Uh, they can go to the resource page, which was uh, which will be on the uh, all the information uh, from Speaker Match, or they can email me directly at Sonny S O N N Y at Sonny Melendrez. Dot com. That's S-O-N-N-Y at Sonny Melendrez. Melendrez is M-E-L-E-N-D-R-E-Z. And I'll be happy to answer those and questions. And by the way, the, the, uh, my email address is also on that resource page. And if you are getting in touch with Sonny, we appreciate it if you just mentioned that you heard him here on Speaker Match so that uh, both he and I know uh, know how how uh how this teleseminar resonated with everyone so we really appreciate Absolutely. that so sunny before i do let you go i'll give you a quick moment to just kind of wrap it up with any closing thoughts you might have yeah well i i would uh 
offer some some words of encouragement. You know, uh, the, one of the secrets that uh, really the pros have is that they're constantly growing their craft and their capabilities. And also they have a, a marketing strategy. They've decided what it is they're going to do and coming up with new ideas all the time to market their voice. They also are forging relationships. This is very, very important. Anytime you do a job for someone or even audition for them and you get a name uh, and you have an email address, stay in contact with them. Because now you've kind of got a door open to a potential uh, job, another job down the line. You also want to set your own goals for your success. And that way you know how you're doing. You know, the day-to-day, what time am I going to be, six months from now, a year from now, et cetera. And that kind of puts you, uh, uh, kind of you know, has you checking on yourself. And the last thing is that you always, no matter where you are in your voiceover career and even your speaking career, you have an opportunity to help someone else. So even if you're not right for the job, but you know somebody who is, you might want to recommend them. And you'd be surprised how that, that kindness and that, uh, um, that, uh, that service to others comes back to you. Sonny, thank you so much for spending time with us today, and hopefully people will be getting in touch with you at sonnymelendrez.com slash VO. If you listen to other podcasts, you're probably used to hearing requests for iTunes reviews, and these reviews are really important to us because they are the fuel to bring on great guests and build our audience. And if you value five today's stars. call or want to make any, sure you give five stars. <laughs> there you go. If you value today's call or any previous interviews that you've listened to, I would really appreciate it if you could take just a few minutes to go on to iTunes, search for Speaker Match, and click the Review tab, and let others know what you think. It would really mean a lot to us. We'd really appreciate that. Until next time, this is Brian Kaplowitz. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Speaker Match radio series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. Speaker Match is the leading provider of tools and services for emerging professional speakers. You can find more information about Speaker Match at www.speakermatch.com. Our toll-free number, if you prefer to reach us by phone, is 1-866-372-8768. International callers can reach us at area code 512-372-8768. Thank you again for listening, and we wish you the best in your speaking career.